Hello everyone, my name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong and welcome to this episode of Cracking Addiction. Once again, we have Dr. Laura Petrocek with us. Hello, Laura, how are you? Good, Fergal. How about yourself? I'm well. So I thought today we'd talk about self-respect. I mean, I think it's the core of understanding how one relates to other people. You know, if you don't understand how you relate to yourself, you can't really relate to others. And there are certain techniques that we can use to actually help one or help others with uh, the development of self-respect. One of them is the FAST technique. What does FAST stand for, Laura? So the acronym FAST has, like you were talking earlier, the building blocks for self-respect. And the F stands for be fair to yourself and others. And I'll explain more in detail later. Um, The A stands for no apologies. Do not make any unnecessary apologies like we were speaking about in our earlier session. And the S stands for stick to values. And that means your behaviors need to reflect your values. And it helps to write down your values if you're coming into a negotiating or heavy conversation. And T stands for be truthful, avoid lies and excuses, and take responsibility for yourself. Be accountable. Mm. There's a lot in there, isn't there? Yes. Let's try and unpack that. Okay. So the F, let's go back to the F. Okay. What does fairness mean? It means treat others the way you want to be treated. Expect others to treat you with respect too. I think it's basically analogous to the golden rule. Um, Mm. Think about your most important relationships. Are you and others practicing fairness with each other? Are you being fair, let's say, to your spouse? Are they being fair to you or acting in a fair manner? How do you work that out? Well, so we all... I wouldn't say grossly different standards, but sometimes we have different standards as to, quote, what's fair. Like sometimes Mm. when I work with couples and and they're in an argument, they'll say, that's not fair. And I'll say, oh, hey, wait a minute. Let's let's define fair. Mm. So it could be like this one couple, um, actually they're in an ongoing argument about moving to Australia or not. You know, they live here in the Bay Area. She's from Australia and he'll bring up arguments like it's too far. The kids have grown up in America. And then she'll say, that's not fair. I say, what's not fair about what he's bringing up? Well, that doesn't take into account why I want to move there. I said, okay, so it's not fair because we haven't heard your side. She goes, yeah, okay, let's hear your side. Why is it important Uh, or Mm. a good move for you and your family to go to Australia? And um, so sometimes, Mm. you know, it helps to find out people's definition of fair. But it does come up more often, I think, than we think, not just with our clients, but in our relationships. Someone will say, that's not fair, or we say that's not fair. Um, what, what's, quote, not fair? How are you defining it? And what's the situation? I often hear that phrase, yeah, when, when people bring up 
when people attack others with, with mechanisms or with, with previous arguments or side issues, I often hear that. And I think for me, it's often an opportunity of saying, well, look, we're here to talk about this issue. We're not talking about any other issue. And then, of course, there are, there are some people that will say, well, actually, you can't talk about issue A unless you see the whole picture, which involves issues Z, Y, X, W, V. Right, right. So I hear that. I hear the word fair in that context a lot. I also think about, you know, the difference between equity and equality. I don't know if you're aware of the, have you seen the posters that demonstrate the difference between equity and equality? No. You've got three, three young kids trying to look over a fence. One of them's very short. One of them's intermediate. One of them's very tall. And the tall kid can look over the fence anyway. And um, equality is basically every kid gets a, a, a block to stand on. So the small kid still stands on the block but still cannot see over the fence. The middle kid can just about see over the fence. And then the really tall kid can already see way over the fence. And so that's... The difference between equity and equality is that in terms of equity, the small kid gets the tall kid's block because that means everyone can then see over the fence. Has, have you uh, seen that that poster? No, never seen no. it. it it's, it's a useful, for me, it's a useful demonstration of the difference between uh, equality and equity. Mm-hmm. And I believe that equity represents fairness. Yeah, but you know, it's it, it, in some situations, it can this, this idea of positive discrimination can be seen as quite controversial. But you know, it just it just brings out to me the idea of what actually is fair. Do people need more? Do some people, for the sake of fairness, need more attention or more accommodation than others? What do you think? Well, it's an interesting point that you bring up because this is a huge discussion right now. In fact, I think it's in the Supreme Court uh, in terms of admission standards and what's mm-hmm. fair, meaning accommodations uh, for people of color. Because um, right now, they uh, there are some accommodations made, you know, taking into consideration. Um, their background or socioeconomic, but the Supreme Court is looking at having, quote, blind admissions or neutral admissions, whereas you just look at people's scores and you don't take into account anything else, mm. race, secular. Yeah. And I think, you know, they think it's basically going to pass. I hope not, but I think it's doing a lot of, mm. uh, especially people of color, a disservice because it's taking mm. away that block you were talking about. They're not mm. going to even get a chance to see over that fence. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, well, I could go on and on about it. I mean, there's an yeah, African-American yeah. man in the Supreme Court saying, well, nobody helped me. And look at, I'm here. And uh, actually, that's not true. A lot of people helped him. But. And a lot of people sent him emails to remind him, hey, I helped you back <laughs> when. And like, you know, hundreds of people did. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But so that's something that's currently happening in, in uh, the U.S. in terms of, um, I think, uh, not taking away that block. There's not going to be equity. It's not. And it's not yeah. fair, I think. 
Yeah. So how do we bring that to self-respect? You know, we started this discussion as fast. This mnemonic fast is all about fairness to help one achieve self-respect or self-esteem. Right. Let's bring it back to this point. How do you do okay. that? What does it mean for me? I think part of it is setting good boundaries and mm -hmm. standing behind them, you know, not mm -hmm. caving in. Uh, another way of having self-respect is if you bring up issues in a relationship, meaning let's say someone disrespects you like, I don't know, every other week or something, and you decide it's just one time too many, uh, that it's good for your self-esteem or your self-respect to cut that relationship. You know, because it's bringing your self-respect down and that's not okay. So being fair to yourself. Yeah. For some right. people, it's in the workplace. You know, I worked with a woman client who was being bullied and she actually got a lawyer and, and won the case. But she um, and she did that out of self-respect. Like, I respect myself enough to say this is not OK. And I'm going to get a lawyer who says it's not OK how you're treating me. And it helped mm. her. Instead of usually in every session, it was just the ongoing litany of the week, what was happening at her job. But that really was a game changer mm. for her to increase her self-respect and not feel so much like a victim. So this, I think, is a useful segue into the A for apologies. Don't apologize. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. There are some people who never apologize. I was just reading an article about this. What, how do you handle someone who never apologizes? But that's for a different discussion. Mm. But yeah, we're talking about a lot of times people who apologize way too often, or instead of saying, excuse me, say, I'm sorry. And like I shared with you mm. off camera, or maybe it was earlier, um, that I used to, if someone stepped on my toe, say, I'm sorry. So at first yeah. it takes awareness and then mindfulness. Oops, I have nothing to apologize about. Like you told that uh, cleaning woman, you don't have to apologize. You're doing your job. Um, mm. I didn't have to apologize. Yeah. I'm not the one who stepped on this person's foot. Um, so... Being fair to yourself really means having the boundaries to actually recognize when it is appropriate to apologize and when it is appropriate to not apologize. Yes. When is it? A, that's, and that's a good, um, that measure varies, but yeah, when is it appropriate to, and when is it appropriate not to? And sometimes mm. that means running it by someone. Yeah. Um, or sometimes it's just in your gut, like, you know, like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not apologizing. Yeah. This doesn't, you know, yeah. like you offered to buy dinner and then it's $10 over and now you're all upset. No, not apologizing. Yeah. 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 So if we go back to the mnemonic fast, you know, we've talked about fairness. We've talked about uh, don't apologize. And we've talked about the boundaries, you know, uh, you know, of fairness, you know, to, to work out when you should and should not apologize. But really, 
This then brings us to the next issue about the S and fast, which is sticking to your guns. So once you've made this an appropriate, uh, you know, understanding of the situation, and you've been fair, and you, you, you know, you're not apologizing, then you've got to stick to your guns. What do you say to that? I say the hardest thing is sticking to your guns, or yeah. Dr. Lionhan calls it sticking to your values. But I see it more as sticking to what boundary you set. I think that's the hardest thing or sticking to your guns. Um, Yeah. I mean, it it is about values, isn't it? Uh, So really, I think I prefer sticking to values because what what are values? I I think of, when I think of motivation for people, I think of values, goals, and ambitions, or sorry, values, ambitions, and goals. So like an example might be, well, you know, the best thing in the world is money. That's the value. Therefore, my ambition is going to be, I want to be rich. That's the ambition. But then the goal is, well, therefore, I'm going to study hard to get a good job to then, or I'm going to, you know, drop out of school and set up my own company. These are goals. So for me, values create ambitions and ambitions create goals. How does that, how do you feel that works into sticking to your guns, sticking to values? And how do you help people in that situation to be fast? I see it a little differently in terms mm-hmm. of like, what do people value? Is it family? Is it uh, honesty? Is it respect? Is it um, valuing free time? Is it valuing work, a hard day's work? And then I don't know if it's so much ambition as to have your energies directed towards those values. So if you value uh, your friendships and family, then you're going to probably put more energy into your family and friends than, let's say, work. Or if you're someone who values work more, then that's more where your energy is going to go. But let's say your partner values friendships and family, then there's going to be some conflict there. Because your values are not yeah. aligned. Um, and I suppose for me, I'm thinking about myself. You know, I have a certain core set of values which guide me through life and also through saying no to people. I'm thinking about this. I find it very easy to say no to people if what they're asking of me makes me move away from my values and an example of that might be you know i've got to i've got to get up early to see a patient so for me one of my big values is is i care for people and so if a friend asks me on a on a on a a night and i know the next morning i've got to get up early to do an early ward round or something you know a friend asks me oh do you want to go out for a few beers well you know that's really easy for me to say no sorry mate can't do it i've got to get a bed early um, but I can think of multiple times in my life when those values have, have, have allowed me to say no. And another one is, another value is telling the truth. So I cannot lie for a friend. If a friend asks me to lie for them or cover for them, that's, that's, they're not, I don't believe that they're real friends. So my values guide the decisions that I make in life. And I always ask, well, I don't, again, here's another always, never and always. <laughs> I frequently ask my patients, 
to think about what their values are and what their values would be or what they what do they want written about them on their tombstone or what do they want said about them on their funeral and then having identified this core set of at least three values i will say to them well okay so this is where you are today and these are your values your journey for the rest of your life is it going to bring you towards those values or away from those values and in the context of alcohol and other drugs you know does does alcohol and do other drugs take you towards those values or away from those values so it's really important for people to understand and think about what their personal values are and, and you know i find that a lot of people don't actually ever have the opportunity of specifically expressing or formulating what those what their own personal values are well i think like you said going back to people who have alcohol or drug problems um, a lot of times it's either refinding those values or defining them for the first time. And yeah, is a drink for most people. I mean, myself, when I was drinking and drugging, I don't think mm-hmm. I adhered to any of my values because what was most important mm-hmm. was getting that next drink or drug and my values went out mm-hmm. the window. Um, and then getting sober, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Is doing that my values? No. You know, mm. um, I remember one time I was walking out of a Kinko's and I had a paper clip and it just reminded me of stealing. And I went back in. I said, I'm so sorry. I, you know, accidentally took this paper clip and they thought I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's your values. The T is to tell the truth, but we're going to have to end it there. Thank you, Dr. Laura, once Thank again you. for your Will Pearls of Wisdom. That's all for today, folks. My name is Dr. Fergal Armstrong, and this has been Cracking Addiction.